0: Ah, it's going to be a great episode today. We have Megan Chapman, owner and creator of Conscious Golf. I'm going to be talking to her about how she awakens the golfer within. Stay tuned. My name is Andrew Robertson, and this is Mixed Movements All Talk. You know, I want to start off. You are the head teaching professional at the Georgian Bay Golf Club. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: How many years have you been at the Georgian Bay Golf Club?
1: I believe it's about twelve or thirteen years.
0: Wow! That's it gets a awesome. bit
1: blurry with the maternity leaves, but I think about there.
0: <laughs> that's okay. That's okay, and I mean it's a it's a pretty phenomenal golf club. So to be there, and I, I mean most people in the area of the Georgian Bay know of it as a pretty prestigious golf club. So for you to be there as a, a teaching professional, that's that's uh, pretty awesome. So. Was it always a club you wanted to be at or was this kind of like it came forward, you were living in the area and this is it? How did that kind of come to be, to be at Georgian Bay?
1: Yeah, just, I mean, I was, I'm born and raised in Meaford. And so when I came back here from living in Colorado, it was just kind of the place to go.
0: That's so cool. 2003, you were the Ontario Junior Golf Girls champion. There was, I think at the time you won, there was three consecutive 18 holes that you had to play. In that yep. uh, tournament. What, what's it like <laughs> when you're playing golf? You're going, you know, you're in Ontario. Um, your home club at the time was the Blue Mountain Golf and Country Club. And you, you know, you're off to play at the competition where it was and you beat out everybody. What's that like?
1: Well, man, it's so funny you ask. It's just, it just was so long ago. But, um, yeah, I mean, it was such an amazing feeling at the time. I remember that it was it was in a playoff actually, and I wow. and leading up to that, I played so many events and I always lost in a playoff, every single one. <laughs> <laughs> so to actually win a win a, a playoff uh, like or, or an event in a playoff was pretty exciting.
0: <laughs> so cool. So you, leading up to that, you honestly were not. You come to playoffs and this it just wouldn't always pay a pan out.
1: No self-sabotage every single time
0: (laughs) (laughs) the self-sabotage now that is definitely something that can happen in golf very often (laughs) you have the lead and then just something happens i don't know what it is um but it pulls through and you take the win so do you get a big trophy for that is it your name on a plaque how what does it feel what happens when you win
1: yeah
0: just it was a yeah trophy of yeah that's so cool so cool <laughs> so you finished there you're kind of I'm not going to say it's necessary at that time would it be one of your highlights winning the Ontario cha- yeah. being the Ontario champion
1: certainly at that time mm-hmm.
0: yeah so then after that you're moving on to Colorado State University I, I went to their website and, you know, your name is actually on the website. And I got to say, you know, you, typically you may do well in school or university, but to have your name on the website, that, that's pretty impressive. So <laughs> I went through and I found out that you were the MW Scholar Athlete for 2005, 2006, and 2007. Nobody else can win that at that time. It was just you that was able to get that for ladies. Now I thought, holy moly. And then you think, okay, well, that's, that's good. You don't need anything else. No, no, that's not it. You were also the WGCA Academic All-American Scholar for 2005, 2006, and 2007 as well. Top that off, you were also the Academic All-Conference 2006 and 2007. Mm-hmm. Now, previously we had chatted, and you talked about. I believe you said you were also the team captain for the years that you're at uh, Colorado State.
1: Uh, for like my senior year.
0: For senior okay. year.
1: Yeah
0: what's it like playing uh one playing in the states living in the states and playing for a university that obviously is trying to compete against every other university to be the best
1: it was i remember it being like a really really uh significant adjustment but uh you know as the, as the years rolled on there i was there for four years it became just the best thing ever wow i remember um yeah i got to play lots of golf and just Kind of you're on your own away from your parents
0: and did you feel like your game was starting to excel in those uh conditions or was there Uh, so much going on it's harder because you're in university obviously you have academic uh scores you're trying to keep up
1: yeah i actually had a kind of went through the trenches when i got to university and i just actually tried so hard to play really well and i actually started to play worse and Mm -hmm. there was the first two years that were just. A real grind Wow and I came out of that and yeah. it, it got better but yeah I don't think I tapped into like how good I could have been like with some of those feelings I was feeling at the time
0: do you feel a little bit that being able to kind of go through a low point like really working hard you've got academics you're playing the game you're trying to do your best but the results aren't showing does, mm-hmm. Do you feel that, that kind of propelled you into an upward trajectory where you're now moving towards excelling, like you needed that to move forward?
1: hundred percent. I feel like every, all the, all the playoffs I've lost or all the really, you know, the higher scores that I shot, all the times I feel like are just, I just were, I just was grinding it out. I mean, definitely those have been such a huge part of getting to me, like getting me to where I am right now. Definitely.
0: That's so cool. So a little bit about your certifications that you have, because obviously you know you, we know that you can golf. You know, you got a scholarship to go down to Colorado State. You're a certified golf coach with the PGA Canada. I'm guessing within that, you obviously there was a certain point in your stage of being a competitive athlete that you thought, you know, I think it's time for me—not necessarily to stop playing, but to move towards how can I help others. yeah Was it what was the point from university playing? doing academics, to the the area where you're like, okay, I wanna move a little bit more towards the coaching side.
1: Hmm. I wasn't sure where I fit into the whole playing aspect of it all. I didn't know um, how much I wanted to kind of go down that road wholeheartedly. And I was really interested in figuring out how people learned the game. And I, I didn't want to exit myself out of the game completely. And I wanted to still have a part of my life. So, yeah, I was just kind of exploring it in a different way. I guess. So
0: cool. No, I like that. That's awesome. I, I think we all kind of go through that with the whatever aspect of our sports that we're in or so forth. And we kind of have to find the path of how can we stay involved and keep being active and maybe the competitive side just moves off to the side a little bit, but you're still helping the next person moving through Titleist I know the brand I hear it a lot yeah. it's uh, pretty popular performance Institute level one and junior coach where does that fall in how does that how do you achieve that
1: um so Tyler's performance Institute is a very um, they're done amazing things and they're very um, well-known in the golf industry, okay. um, as a place that sort of blends the physical aspect of golf with the golf swing. Cool. So they look at the body and our limitations Yeah. and um, work on the body, work on our fitness, work on our physique to be able oh. to hit the ball.
0: And the junior coach aspect, does that mean that you can also specialize in those youth aspect, uh, youth golfers that are out there?
1: Yeah. So same thing, just directing it towards the, towards the
0: youth. Some of the words that you said for yourself, which I thought was very interesting. And these are words that you had up on your website about you, right? And one of them is this, it says, as I quote, so far in this lifetime, I've come to realize that what we think directly creates our reality and also influences our body. And nothing exposes this more than the game of golf.
1: And
0: hmm. what do you mean by that?
1: I think I wrote up there too, but I feel like for me anyway, because I can only speak from my own experience, but um, golf for me truly acts as sort of a mirror. Um, cool. To myself and a true, like it's my, it's my therapy, to be honest. <laughs> like every time I go out there, um, it's whatever I'm bringing to the golf course it's just it shows up right in front of me okay if that makes sense
0: no it does it does but it's funny where you can use the word therapy where some people would say the exact opposite in the game of golf yes <laughs> so it's um, so is there something different that you look at the game which you try to push towards the clients you work with to make their game better that is different than what they may already be thinking of the game
1: Yeah, I think um, what I've come to see when with people I either I've taught or in my own game that we truly all possess an innate brilliance within us. And we all have such an effective motion that if we learn to tap into, we can, you know, we can be really great at this game, all of us. And i think most of us come to lessons feeling deflated feeling broken feeling Mm -hmm. like we need to be fixed Mm -hmm. versus feeling whole complete that we have everything we need we just sometimes um have to uncover it we have to uncover the the brilliance that's already there so it's already starting from a state of wholeness rather than always feeling um yeah feeling a sense of brokenness
0: No, that makes sense. I, I mean, I think there's many people who can jump into the game and there's definitely that moment where they're very excited, but then the moment where they're obviously disappointed with how that, you know, the ball ended up and where it went. So, you know, it's a tough game to play sometimes, but I like what you say, you know, showing up and having wholeness instead of being deflated. That's very cool. Mm -hmm. Uh, Another line that you use, which I thought was very cool on there. It says, I consider myself the conduit that helps someone see how great they really are, and what stands in their way of it what is what do you now we'd kind of touch base on it with what you just said, but where where does that stand for you when you come up and a new client showing up to you and they want to figure out this game?:
1: Yeah, well, I guess I mean over the years and to myself, I've asked the question, when we play our best golf, I mean, how would we describe? How do, how do we describe it when we play our best? And most, everybody seems to describe it the same way. It feels easy, it feels effortless, it feels like, I didn't even think, time to, time stopped. So everyone seems to describe it the same way. And so I felt like if everyone's kind of describing golf that way when they play their best, then it might be important to create that space when we're learning
0: the game because we all have difficult times in whatever sport we play and how do we get to that next point? Um, so no, I totally understand that. That's awesome. I like that. Mm-hmm. Another wonderful point that you had that I thought I wanted to touch base on was that is my sole purpose and I, and what I am here to do mm-hmm. for now is the near the end of what you wrote up there for your bio. So what do you mean by that?
1: Well, my, for me, um, it's both on my personal journey is to to always look at and become conscious of all the limiting viewpoints that kind of stand in my way, whether it's on the golf course or just in my life. And if I can be that person um, and create that space for others to see that within themselves, then I think that's valuable. Very much um, for, for just life in general, but definitely I have found that it has a significant bearing on the golf course.
0: I would agree with you on that. That's very cool. I like that. Mm -hmm. That's a little bit about Megan Chapman. Now let's move a little bit more towards conscious golf. And one of the main phrases I wanted to start with that I think is just so, I just, I love it. I say it every day now that I've, since I've seen it, is awaken the golfer within. There's so many of us that look at the game of golf and there's limitations to it from one to the other. And, you know, when you say awaken the golfer within, what do you mean by that?
1: Um, kind of says what I said before and there's the fact that we all possess such a, such a wisdom inside of us and such a wonderful golf swing that gives us everything we need. But we need to learn to tap into that and learned how to bring that out of us. You know, and when I said about like, when we play the game with ease and we need to create a space of learning that is to make golf feel easy and effortless, where I've noticed over time is that when we're learning and we're bombarded with the rights and wrongs in a golf swing, our nervous system can really get overstimulated. And we lose the ability to actually swing the golf club the way we naturally can, and the way that's going to give us the best results. Once we become a little bit more conscious of those things that really overstimulate our nervous system, cause us to go into fight or flight mode or survival mode, then we can learn to kind of compartmentalize it or kind of just put it aside and let that golf swing come out, rather than trying to fight it, trying to force it to come out trying to make sure we put ourselves in the box of right and not wrong. It's
0: funny that you say that because, you know, when I look at the game of golf and I think of it, there are so many individuals that will look at a swing and say, well, that's a wrong swing. You shouldn't swing like that. That's not correct. Um, It doesn't necessarily mean they did it any better, but they just know how to tell you that you didn't do it correct. And it's, it's your swing that's wrong. Are you, are you saying a little bit that, there isn't really a wrong swing?
1: Yeah, I mean, I would say, if we watch if we watch the best players on tour, everyone's gonna be, everyone's gonna have a different art to their technique. I just have found when we aren't being dictated how to do it correctly, um, or when we are being dictated to do it correctly, it, can, it stresses the body out. Mm-hmm. And when we're playing the game, we're not able to have enough freedom or space from that stress to actually make the most effective motion. So it's just sort of stepping out of the out of the box or out of that sort of place of constraint.
0: And it's almost relieving all that pressure that you mm-hmm. may have in yourself, right?
1: Yeah. And you'll find similarities in, in great players if they do some similar things, or some things the same, and similarly. However, I find we access that more often, again, when we create, when we have space from those limiting thoughts that stress us that out in the moment.
0: Yeah, there's definitely been many moments where I find when I play, the less I think of it, the more I just kind of have fun with it. You kind of, you can see this amazing shot. You're like, look at that. You know, I, I couldn't necessarily duplicate it, but I just knew at that time I wasn't thinking of too much. I just thought of, let's just have some fun. And this amazing shot comes out, and it goes straight. And of course, everyone then says, "Oh, great shot, great shot!" And you feel good, right? Like you get boosted. You're like, "Oh my god, I'm so excited!" But then there's always that other part where the next shot might be into the trees, Mm -hmm. (laughs) and you're like, "And so, you know, I find the hardest thing about the game is trying to stay positive, trying to continuously be positive throughout it all without an outside force." Like another person you're playing with, or so forth, to make a comment or to say something in a joking way, but it just it just irritates you, and you start to go, oh, mm-hmm. I'm not playing that well. Da, 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 da. Yeah. Are there things that you use um with in your teachings that try that allow people to try to mitigate that and and just really focus on what they're doing and get to that special place that's going to help them mm-hmm. achieve the game?
1: Yeah i mean a couple of things i think number one becoming aware or conscious of how we're interpreting our reality in the moment and the thoughts we're thinking is very powerful because then we can become kind of in the driver's seat of our own golf game cool. right they don't over once we become aware of them over time they don't sort of take over as often
0: mm-hmm.
1: so that would be one thing uh, bringing awareness to those thoughts uh, another thing would be um I really use the breath a lot to kind of come back into my body, feeling my feet on the ground when my mind gets, again, overstimulated or I'm feeling that state of stress because we're all going to feel that. We're all human beings. We all have that. So we can't get rid of it, but we can just learn to learn how to live with it, live with it in a more peaceful way, if you will.
0: No, I like that. A more peaceful way. I could definitely use that more often than not. This kind of leads into more about conscious golf. We kind of talked about it a little bit. And one of the things that you say on uh, your website that you put up there, you say, conscious golf is not about reinventing your swing. It is about reinventing your approach to learning. And I thought that was such a great line and phrase because most of the time people are showing up to a specialist, someone who's a golf pro and they're saying, okay, my swing's wrong. How do you fix it? I need to change this. Um, But reading that kind of, it even made me feel better. because I go, okay, well, maybe I don't need to just change my swing. Maybe I just need to change how I'm learning and approaching the process of the game.
1: Yeah, yeah. I would say so in terms of, yeah, looking at how you look at your, like, for example, for yourself, just as an example, like how would you, in certain situations, how you see the how you see the situation, excuse me, is going to have a significant bearing on the motion you're about to take in that golf swing. Okay. If you're worried about the ball going in the ravine, for example.
0: I do that a lot. (laughs) Um,
1: You know, if that's taking over in the moment, then then it's going to be really difficult to make a golf swing that's full of freedom and kind of one that's going to give you everything you're looking for okay. in that moment.
0: No, I get that. I get that. And it, as people have always said, golf can become a very large mental game where it's yeah. not really the physical game. Like, yes. You need to be able to, you know, either physically swing the golf club, but it's, you know, it's what's going on up here that can drastically change where that ball right. ends up going sometimes.
1: Well, and in sort of just in my yoga experience, our bo- mind and body are just are one and the same, and our body will always follow our mind. So if we're just focused on just the body, I, so far in my experience, we've sort of lose the boat on, um, well, what directs the body in the first place.
0: Hmm. Yeah, that's cool. And I can see where yoga now kind of plays in a little bit more when, where hmm. when you took that. Now, my question would be is, you know, these thoughts are so phenomenal. And I I like your approach. Was some of these, did you think this before you did yoga? Or did some of this come to come to light after doing yoga and and almost putting the two together and saying, Hey, like, where are we where we at with this? Like, how do these these two come together a lot more than I thought?
1: Yeah, I feel like it just kind of naturally came together. My personal journey led me down this road of Sort of questioning my own golf game i worked so hard grinded my grinded my ass off you know in my golf game working on the physical part of it and i don't know my stroke average kind of just stayed the same so i started asking myself the question well what am i missing as a player yeah um and i wasn't really have i had no self-awareness i had no idea what i was how i thought about myself or my sit or my scenario um and all that I would say you know had a significant bearing on my game so that opened me up to asking myself more questions about well how can we are we missing something and learning the game
0: okay here's another one that I thought was great from the website more times than not we look to improve our golf by seeking out the latest tips and technology why not right golf companies are always selling new technology Quite often we may see a short term improvement, but rarely a lasting transformation. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, it's easy for us to watch a game of golf and the first thing you see is the brand new shoes that someone's wearing or the brand new golf club someone's using and the new ball and so forth. And everyone's excited about those things. Not to say that's not going to help because some of the tech ways technology has grown in the game of golf has been helping people hit further and go longer and so forth but Mm -hmm. at the same time are you in a sense saying there that you know going out and buying the brand new pair of golf clubs does not mean that you are now the pga star for the next tournament
1: certainly i'm not not knocking technology by any means i think there's a time and place for that absolutely i just think if it pulls us away um when we rely on technology and it pulls us away from our listening to our instincts that might be something to look at such as maybe even getting a yardage for how far away we are from the hole. Mm-hmm. You know, we, now we use technology to do that, whereas before we could, um, you know, before all that, we, we would pace it out and and maybe use our instincts a bit more of how far away we are and grab a club based on that.
0: Got it. That makes sense. I know what you mean. And I mean, I, I fully agree that two have to be hand in hand as well but it's nice to know that uh, sometimes the clubs you have that you just bought last year are still going to be okay this year. here's another line I thought was really great through years of observation and lessons teaching, it became quite clear for yourself and GW. who's also one of your partners within uh, the business that something was missing in the golf instruction world. People were receiving instruction. However, the golf scores were not necessarily improving certainly not dramatically Mm -hmm. where does that what brought you to that conclusion
1: well when i finally i mean when i actually looked at and tracked the students we were working with you know it came to it i just finally hit me that i wasn't seeing many much remarkable you know shifts in people um, so, you know, that's what led us kind of opened us up to this, um, way of looking at things, I, I suppose. Oh, that's cool. I mean, it's hard because our, e- our egos like to think that we're, <laughs> we're doing awesome all the time. But <laughs> so actually take a look and, um, be real with yourself. Eh, things aren't, it's not that great. <laughs> okay.
0: No, no, that's good. I like that. And I think it's nice to hear that because it it shows that, you know, being able to come to see yourself and just being able to work with you. People understand that when they're coming to conscious golf and they're paying attention and you're helping them out, That they're really getting someone who's trying to improve not only just the swing, but their mindset on the game and how the Mm -hmm. game may be more fun for them more exciting for them to play, Mm -hmm. you know, um, instead of that, thing that they do but at the end of the day they go i don't want to do this anymore it's like no no no. it's like, mm-hmm. i love golf golf is actually very exciting it's it's there's a lot of exercise in it but there's a lot of excitement too
1: yeah i feel like when we just if we just keep bombarding our, bombarding ourselves with the do's and don'ts and the rights and wrongs with the golf swing we can just start to feel really constrained and re- restricted and we can easily lose the fun and enjoyment of the game mm-hmm. so it's when we can have Um, kind of get out of that, that box of right and wrong and tap into our instincts, then the game can start to feel a little bit more effortless, a bit more easy, and definitely more fun. And when I've done this with people and myself, it's kind of bizarre, but this, like, amazing golf swing emerges. And it becomes so much more technically sound, too, because we're not trying to... Uh, Perfect it in certain areas of the swing, and we just let it be. And so, it adapts our body is brilliant, our body knows exactly what it needs to do, and it's allowing us to trust that.
0: That's so cool. I love that. It also makes me feel like I got a lot more potential than I thought I did, which is always, uh, I was always happy at my end of the game. That's for sure. (laughs) One of the last things I thought was really Nicely had put up is each person who embarks on a golf journey has the potential to be a remarkable player. It is only when we start listening to our body, mind and soul, do we uncover what is truly possible, Mm -hmm. which I think just touched base on what you just said. Right. The two, the two have to kind of come together and it's, it's very easy to say, I'm just going to keep changing this keep changing this. But it's, um, if it's repetitive and you're not actually changing it on a part. And obviously it doesn't mean that you're going to move forward with anything. I had one person leave a question for us. His name was Stu. One length irons or standard irons? That's a great question.
1: That'd be a good one for G-Dub. He's the equipment junkie.
0: Okay. All right.
1: He's totally, he is totally uh, dabbled with the one length and he's totally dabbled with the different lengths.
0: So are we talking that every club that we play being the exact same length, no matter if it's uh, an iron, like any of the irons? Is that what we're talking about here? When we say one
1: length? Yeah. Well, the yeah. A lot, some people play like their irons the same length.
0: Okay. Mm-hmm. And this would be obviously customizing the irons. Yeah and how much customization of irons do you say is is important to someone's game As opposed to just walking into the store and saying hey i got this great set i'm ready to play
1: yeah i definitely i definitely feel that um when we have a uh, i mean we've compared it to getting the right size shoes okay um, if you walk around with the wrong size shoes it's not really going to work out for you so just getting fit properly for the the length and the and the flex and the um, the proper club head it's all yeah it's gonna definitely help with someone's game okay. and again that they to so because otherwise if it's just off the rack sometimes we have to manufacture our golf swing to fit into that golf club versus letting uh, it be adjusted to you to your body to your golf swing
0: that makes sense I mean I know for myself I'm six foot four uh, I tend to feel but I'm taller than the average golf uh, club that's out there. And my club should be taller or be longer, I should say. Yeah. Um, I never moved to customizing them because I always figured, you know, what was the reason behind that? But I mean, for myself, if I play anything else, I would never buy a bike that's too short. Yeah. Um, so I could see that if you're going to go out and spend the money on a great set of clubs, you might as well pay the little extra to make sure that they're the length mm-hmm. for you. So that when, when you're seeing yourself coming in and getting some great lessons, that you know that's all working out instead of having to bend too far over or bend the knees too much.
1: Yeah, and I think because if we have something that doesn't feel right, again, just like we were chatting before, it's going to have an impact on our levels of of, of stress, let's say, or level of um, just it doesn't feel right. So we're going to yeah. have to make an, a, an adjustment of some sort. So we're not going to let ourselves. Um, swing the way we need to.
0: Megan, thank you so much for joining us. Um, I really think that what people took from today is a whole different approach to how they can look at the game of golf and how they can stay active with it. It was a pleasure having Megan on. Hope you took something from it. I hope it's gonna help your golf game. If you're looking for more from Megan, head over to consciousgolf.org. You can also find her on Instagram. Remember to head over to mixmovements.com for all of our upcoming events, camps, and program information. You can find us on Twitter, LinkedIn, Instagram, Jiffy. You can watch our videos on YouTube and listen to our podcasts as always on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and TuneIn Radio. Until next time, this is Andrew Robertson, and you're listening to Mixed Movements All Talk.